Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Black House Podcast. I am your host, as always, T-Jack's World, here with my two great co-hosts. We got some uh, interesting topics to talk about today, so we're, we're going to roll right into it. So our first topic is the movement for Black Lives and the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. KDOT, give us a little bit on that, man. All right. So... According to the uh, Associated Press, the Movement for Black Lives announced that they are opposing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. They released a letter to congressional leaders stating that the bill doubles down on reform strategies that that have historically failed to center marginalized communities and address police violence nationwide. So I'm just going to briefly refer to a few tweets that they put out. So uh, one of the tweets reads, the movement for black lives cannot support the Justice and Policing Act. Police violence is not a symptom of bad apples. It is a symptom of a flawed institution founded on white supremacy. Um, Another one lists like the, the cons of the Justice and Policing Act. One is that it gives more money to police. And we know we, uh, we, we kind of, looked at that last time, or at least a few things that we mentioned last time, uh, make this pretty obvious. Like they're, they're going to be trying to uh, create a database for uh, bad police, quote unquote. And um, just, I think they're also doing like cultural training. So diversity training. And uh, another one is their priorities. It, they, it, the police at the justice and policing act prioritizes failed strategies and it relies on police to fix themselves. And they are, yeah, and so they are requesting, they are demanding that the Senate votes no on the act. Uh, as we also mentioned last time, the House passed it. Um, I believe it was 120 to 112, so by only only an eight-vote margin. And um, personally, I don't think this is going to get passed in the Senate regardless. But um, so, yeah, so this is... You know, just their take on this, and this obviously presents a divide in the black community, um, as we already know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think um, Karen Bass. So again, I, I I don't think their expectation is that like they have someone in the Senate's ear, right? Um, I don't think that's the expectation. I mean, we don't, we don't have that for progressive stone stuff, let alone like black pro, black benefiting progressive things. Or like specifically black benefiting progressive things. So I'm glad they did it to highlight that it is vastly different than like what the overall calls have been. Um because because even even the whole like call of like defunding and reinvesting it in something else is like it's not like, oh, increase your budget on police by another two hundred million. On which on what you call training, which you've already quote unquote been doing for decades now, it's spend money elsewhere, not just spend more money on them and say I'm gonna get I'm gonna give a little bit to this thing too that y'all was asking for. It's like no, like stop spending as much money, and every extra dollar you was gonna spend on them, spend on these other things which are actually preventative in terms of crime, which will actually I will actually reduce the likelihood of a need for the law to be enforced by anyone. So mm-hmm. I definitely, I'm definitely, I definitely think like they, they played their position correctly and highlighted that that is not 
that does not reflect the national sentiment over the last year. Um, like I, th- I think if I was running the org, that's what I would have done too. I mean, even on the local level, it's like the city, our city has passed like some, our city in Syracuse like passed some like bullshit police reform reinvention plan in response to the executive order that Cuomo set like last April about, oh, all this, all the towns and cities need to do a, a bill to like reimagine policing and shit. And the whole process was bullshit. The city decided who was going to lead the commission and it was the city themselves. Somehow Syracuse, Syracuse police chief was leading the commission for all the fucking other towns and shit around Syracuse, even though it's fucking trash. And, um, what's it called? And (laughs) they decided amongst themselves what reform looked like. None of it was reimagined. It was literally like, we're going to have some training. We're going to try to talk to the community. Um, <laughs> like hey. we're gonna, we're gonna look, we're gonna That's exactly it's like we're gonna look answer. at you know, making sure people use it, turn their cameras on, but like none of it is like hard requirements, like it's just a whole bunch of bullshit, and like none of it was new, innovative, or actually even mm-hmm. a step towards decreasing the likelihood that somebody is going to be abused by police, over policed, or uh, over criminalized, like, like none of none of what they proposed in that bill reflected that and right uh yeah and like i mean and like um like like blm and like some of the other orgs in syracuse like spark like the whole thing is we're gonna do actually never mind um <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah we're we not liking that we're not liking that um so yeah so i think i definitely misunderstood which act this was i was confusing <laughs> this yeah i was confusing oh, this real? with the um thing that passed in la where they're taking 150 million from the LAPD and putting that towards uh, the schools in in, in LA, um, which cuts okay. like 350 positions, uh, uh, sworn police officer positions. Um, yeah. Over over time, over oh, uh, in the 2022. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I I yeah. was thinking about that, yeah. and I, I guess I I had um, yeah, yeah, I was happy to say that. it. I mean. So, yeah, I was happy to see that. So, so the George Floyd Policing Act—that's the one where um, is that, that it addresses qualified immunity, immunity yeah. the rape laws. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty well yeah. written legislation in general. Um, on yeah. a federal level, though, I do now. Now I think I understand more of your sentiment from last week, Black Politics. On the federal level, I don't know how they're gonna fucking um, enforce that shit. <laughs> um and because it again who's it gonna go to if there's an issue the supreme court yeah. <laughs> the supreme court they about black lives matter come on now yeah so, yeah it's like yeah i mean i think it's just it's it's trash it's really trash yeah. it's really trash. i think um so i guess now yeah. knowing it's federal and not state i changed my answer a little bit so i do think they should they should voice opposition that it's not enough um yeah and that they want more because you want to keep holding people even when people do some of what you want you want to keep holding them accountable so that they do all of what you want um and since because i I thought this contained the 150 million leaving police or whatever since this doesn't contain that that definitely changes how i uh, view the legislation yeah because i mean honestly across all the states that's what y'all been for black lives once 
they want that re- yeah. reallocation of yeah, funds. Okay. You know, yeah. I was gonna say, um, what's it called? <laughs> yeah, that that hundred fifty million wouldn't wouldn't hold for the whole country. <laughs> yeah, 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 billion. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. It was, that's why I was just thinking California. But yeah. yeah, if it's federal, I think they should make some noise about it. I think they should um, get there. And honestly, I think who they should be yelling at instead of like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell, yell at the progressives. Yell at them because they're the people who are going to raise the issues in, con- in, in in Congress. Yell at yeah. uh, uh, AOC. Yell at Ilhan, Ilhan Omar. Uh, yell at uh, 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 um, Corey, Corey Bush, Corey, Corey Bush, uh, Jamal Bowman. Yell at them because they're the people who can hear your screaming and then scream at the people in Congress. And 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 again, there are enough progressives in Congress now to to have some real power to block some bills, to put you know, for lack of better words, to whip it out and put it on the table and let everybody look at it. You know. It, it, it's yeah. they, they got that they got that power now, and what now what they need is some fire under their asses, which is the people saying, "I need y'all to go in here and start talking about this, that, and this." I don't just want to hear you talking about it on the floor. I want to see it in legislation. I don't want to just hear you talking about what bills should be passed. I want to see you blocking bills if it's not what what, what your constituents want. You know, thanks. Because they, respect, respect. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say just real quick good. because. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene and all of those new QAnon Republicans would block any legislation they don't like until mm-hmm. until it comes back in the way that they want it, right? And those are the crazy people. They block anything for their constituents. Why don't why why don't our why don't our politicians do the same thing? Why aren't they working as hard as the Republicans are for their constituents? That doesn't make sense. Republicans work that, that and that I feel like is an unsung truth. Republicans work harder for their constituents than Democrats do. Facts. True. And let's let's not forget what we mentioned last episode. Last year, when this was trying to get passed, when this got passed in the House, it passed by like fifty something votes. This time it was only right. eight. Yeah. And and we're talking about, you know, and, and you have a great point yelling at, you know, the progressives. But how much more do we have to yell? We were marching in the street the entire even just summer, the summer, bro. Fall too. Yelling what we wanted. Fall too. Huh? Yeah, the fall, bro. Countless protests. Probably more than, you know, in yeah. recent history. Then, you know, like, how much more do we have to do to Let- tell them what we want? Do we... Do we need to like riot and leave? You know that I don't know the answer to that question. And the reason that I don't, and because I don't know the answer to that question, you know what the next thing I'm about to say is. That's why I'm moving to Canada. (laughs) 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 Because I don't want to wait until what did James Baldwin say? It took my mother's time, my sisters and my brother's time. How much more time do you want for your? progress because this isn't my progress i'm ready to be free i'm ready to be treated like a human being i'm ready to have rights i'm ready to be respected you're not ready for me to be respected you're not ready for me to be free you're not ready for me to be right so how many more times do we have to protest in march yeah. that maybe there's a number maybe the number's 30 right and if the number is exactly 30 right, right. we have to do 30 more protests before they change things um to the way that we want them right i'm i don't want to wait for that that's too right. long for me yeah. If everybody knew it was going to be next year, yeah, everybody would be like, "All right, y'all, let's tough it out." Next year, we got freedom. 
but we don't know when it's coming and I'm not waiting no more for uh for them and I'm not making anybody any any next generations that come out of me wait for freedom. You're gonna get it somewhere. Right. I think an additional I think an additional question is how much more reform do like coming from a movement for Black Lives perspective, who are revolutionaries? You know, they don't want reform. How much more reform do we want? Uh, uh, yeah. None. I don't um, want no how much, fucking reform. Like it's, you, it's funny. Gonna, I, was, I was thinking the yeah. other day, like, because uh, again, like, like shit that's happened on a national level is identical to shit that shit to the shit that's happened like nationally on local, but like in local state in like local government. Everybody's doing that. Like, everybody who did a reform for the most part, like 90% is on very much on some, Oh, we're going to update training. We're going to like, you know, say what's up to the black folks. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to have officers give out some ice cream and some shit. Like they are doing that shit. And that's if they doing a reform at, if they doing anything at all. Right. For the most part, they doing that shit. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple places that's really doing something different. One of them is like Utica that is like disbanding their police department. And instead they're like creating this new department that has an armed division and an unarmed division. And the unarmed division is going to be responding to basically everything that doesn't. Well, it's supposed to not, it's supposed to only be responding to everything that doesn't require any use of force for real. (laughs) Um, So, and I know like the, the um, abolitionists in Utica have critiques and shit. Um, so I don't know the specific ins and outs, but I'm like, even just that is like one of the two, if not the most radical, not, and I'm not even going to say radical, the most significant change in how a police department is running in the country so far that at least that I've seen, like I've not have, I've not heard anything close to that. Um, yeah, and and that, so I'm like, and that's like in a small ass Utica, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm saying New York, like most people right. don't even know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, so I'm like, when we, um, I forgot where I was going to, I basically was saying like, um, our local, our local officials, especially our black ones, you know, they champion the shit they just signed. Cause like our common council signed it. Our common council president is a black woman. There's like a couple of other black people on the common council. They signed it. They championed it, whatever. They're like, this is a step. And I'm like, literally, like, how many steps in place are we about to make? I'm just like, like, literally, like, when I hear when I hear a politician say this is a step in the right direction, I hear a step in place. I don't hear progress. Yeah. And I think that kind of hits on maybe what should be that like, it just sparked the idea when you just said that maybe what should be the black movements. Um, focus is not federal changes at all, but purely local city changes um, and working your way up from there, so, if you can. I will, I will say, like, to my knowledge, like, movement, the movement for Black Lives, like, they act, they're, they're like, they're, su- they're, they're supposed to be the national representation for, like, local shit. No, no, I'm not criticizing them for not, for not being more local. Yeah. I'm saying in general, not, yeah, I said moving Black Lives in that. I meant like the Black movement in general, all Black people, oh, yeah. there are a movement for freedom, generally mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah, um, yeah. Perhaps we should focus, like we shouldn't even be thinking about the federal 
in terms of getting our real change, but going like, you know, for example, you, you want $15 minimum wage? Well, maybe you should be trying to champion it in your city. You know, maybe you should, maybe they should start taking, you know, I don't know, like if, if you're in one of those bigger, you know, organizing groups, maybe you should go from city to city and wherever you're at and try to get those minimum wage hikes, try to get those, uh, 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 you know, uh, Medicare for all type systems set up to see if you can even yeah. pilot that in the city by itself versus trying to force the federal government to do it where the powers are just so far beyond our control as a, you know, as a 13% minority in this country um, that it just might be, it, it might be an idea. And it's not to say that people haven't been yeah. trying to do that, but maybe on like a, a, a more uh, consistent and yeah. mass scale could be useful. Yeah. I mean, I think I know, yeah. I know to some of the stuff, like I know without that, that like federal buy-in like like for example like obviously qualified immunity it don't matter what the fuck they did at the state level that shit was sticking like so and then i and right. then even like i know like some states will probably be like well if our shit our, if our shit go up what's to stop the flight of businesses to another state where the shit is cheaper Da-da-da-da. like i know that's gonna be their like argument of like oh no well we can't do the shit because if we're the only ones who do it then they're gonna go to everybody else who's not doing it and, then, and I think that's why it would take a whole community approach. Like it would have to be something that everyone comes together and talks about. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, I think which is not like America's strong suit, but you know that I, I'm like because I'm like shit. We can solve everything if, if, it, if the whole community was like, "Yo, this is our focus for the next yeah. year. Knock it out." All right, that's yeah. We can solve right. everything. Like that. I mean, yeah, that's like. But uh, yeah. m- moving on, yeah. um, George yeah. Floyd, Black Jurors Strike, K dots. What's going on, man? Yeah, so related to what we were just talking about, I'm going to go into a a brief little, you know, history lesson. So in 1985 in Botson versus Kentucky, the Supreme Court held that the 14th Amendment prohibits prosecutors from discriminating on the basis of race when selecting juries. Um, And I was thinking like a great example of this because I'm, well, I think you guys have watched the O.J. Simpson versus O.J. Uh, trial show. Based yeah, on that yeah, show, I yeah. don't think O.J. did it. And we saw, <laughs> we saw, we saw them. We saw the significant. <laughs> we saw the significance of it of a jury, like what they can do, the power of a jury in that in that show in, in in history. And you know, when I asked my mother about that about that case, she's like, "Yeah, like that was the news." Like that was what people were watching every single day, what was going on with that case. So, but prior to 1985, when they, you know, when they decided this, in 1965, the court ruled in Swain versus Alabama that this action, that uh, discriminating on the basis of race when selecting juries only breaches the 14th Amendment if the prosecutor strikes black jurors in every case. So it's one of those things where you have to catch somebody you know, doing this, having this, uh, this, this behavior every single time. Yeah, so it's kind of that's those, not, that's those impossible things. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and prior to this, it was open season. Um, up until 1880, black people couldn't even serve mm-hmm. on a jury. So, yeah. So we see the, the, the systemic racism like built into the, the jury system uh, in, in general. And so what happened in, in, in this situation was basically uh, the defense 
attorney decided to use one of his peremptory peremptory, peremptory strikes uh, to to strike a um, a potential juror um, who happened to be a black man that um, that used to live in the same neighborhood as uh, <coughs> Brother George Floyd, rest in peace, and you know witnessed police misconduct and whatnot. So briefly, a peremptory strike is the prosecutor or defendant's right to remove a potential juror without giving any real reason. And when I say any real reason, I don't mean they can just do it without giving a reason. They can make up anything Mm -hmm. they want when they want to do it. So in theory, these strikes increase the fairness, quote unquote, of the proceedings by eliminating but potential bias in the jury. That's but so that's practice. bias only recognized <laughs> by the prosecutor doing the strikes, right? Yeah. Right. But it can okay. it's also on the defense though. So as like yeah, for so an example of the OJ the OJ story we saw on both sides. I don't know if y'all remember those scenes, but they were knocking out they were striking out potential mm-hmm. jurors left and right. So and and race is yeah. a big deal in this as we have seen. So yeah, and so in practice um, there have been a, there's been a history of implicit discriminatory practices based off of stereotypes and prejudices that result in the striking of potential black jurors. Jurors have been stricken for age. Uh, jurors have been stricken for age, political or social philosophy, hair, clothes, nah. education, unemployment, residency, or even criminal record. In 31 states, actually, the federal government, the in 31 states and the federal government. They adopt the lifetime felon exclusion from juries. And just with that alone, 30% of black men are unable to serve as on the jury. So that knocks out a large population of people that could potentially not even like could could like reverse the polarity of a case. Um, so in this case, a brother that was a prospective juror told the defense attorney that he had a personal reason to serve on the jury. And when I read this, you know, I was really like, why the fuck would you even say anything, you know, along these lines? But, hey, he was speaking his mind. He noted that he had personal experience of police misconduct, but that he was fully capable of weighing the evidence fairly. He was also a former resident of the neighborhood that Brother George Floyd was murdered. The potential juror was soon dismissed by peremptory uh, strike from the defense. And just for background information, 12 of the required 14 jurors have already been selected. Six who are white, four who are black, and two who are mixed uh, mixed race. And uh, also, um, just some background information, Minneapolis is roughly 55% white, 16% black, and so on. So what do you guys think of this? Um, I mean, I guess representation wise, it sounds decent. Um, right. I don't know. I feel like I have to, I would, for me to actually be like, oh, I'm like, at least there's four black people that's gonna not be racist because they, I'm like, I don't. I, I, to me, that's not. I don't see that as an immediate win. I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't know where they come from. I don't know how they was chosen. I don't know why they was chosen. I don't know their socioeconomic status. I don't know if they got an agenda. I don't know 
I don't know none of they shit. Cause all I know is majority of juries letting motherfuckers go. And I'm like, regardless. So I'm like, hey, I'm I'm hoping for the best and that's all I'm gonna do. You know, I hope it's not one of them BS situations where they not provided all the evidence and they're only allowed to choose between they not did this shit or they did something else. Um, so that's all I got to say on it. Right. Yeah, and, and quickly, just like, I hope we're thinking about the significance that this brother, the significant perspective that this brother could have contributed to this case, being from or being uh, once lived in the same neighborhood that he was murdered in and, and witnessing certain yeah. injustices. You know, just that perspective that he can have contributed. And as you mentioned, we don't know what the other, you know, we want to we want to hope that the other black people are on our Facts. side, but we don't know what they're thinking. And so they, they didn't yeah. let the dude, I think I missed that. They didn't let the dude um, who actually was from his neighborhood. Nah, they came off. Nope, oh, yeah, that's trash. Yeah, that's trash. Them. That's that's big trash. <laughs> um, I'll say on this, um, I'll give a more um, um, legislative, I guess, perspective. It comes, or these types of abilities um, are part of the American government's obsession with um, um, uh, their obsession with uh, not authority, but um, discretion. There we go. American government's obsession with discretion because just like you can use good discretion, right? So a cop pulling you over and letting you go with a warning instead of giving you a ticket, um, you can also exercise bad discretion. So in the exact same situation, a cop could pull you over and write you a high ticket or you know say things that make you combative and then arrest you for you know resisting arrest. Or you can just arrest you and have it be a bad arrest and make up something later. Or arrest you, have it be a bad arrest and just let you go. Just mm-hmm. you know, waste your time. So you know, and there's there's a lot of that discretion built into the criminal justice system, and it's a double edged sword. Sometimes the discretion helps mm-hmm. you out. And sometimes it doesn't. Like you said, the, the defend or the um, the public defender also has that ability to do the strikes. Um, so theoretically, it balances out. But you know, this is not how things always work in, in reality. Um, so I think, and I think part of it is the I don't want to say inability, but I'm gonna go with inability. The inability of <laughs> the people in power to simply make comprehensive and specific legislation that dictates certain things. They make damn near everything discretionary. And, you know, at at least make it democratic if you're going to make everything discretionary. Like being able to strike a juror independently should require some type of review. Right. And and you can dictate who right. would be the persons allowed to review in that case and who wouldn't. Yes, it would be more tedious. Yes, it would take more time. And then somebody might say, well, really, let's see that the courts don't have that type of money. We'll put more money in the fucking courts. Right. The the excuse that we get from why the courts can't perform certain functions or why public defenders can't perform certain functions, why they prefer to go to a plea over a trial always has to do with resources and money. Yet we don't put the resources towards the courts 
in the ways and the in the places that they should be put in. So I think with this, it's just part and parcel with how the government governments, local and state function within and federal function within the United States. They're all discretionary because nobody bothered to just make comprehensive laws that uh, cover multiple scenarios. Yes, it'll take time, but when you do it, you'll have it done. And you can still include some discretionary authority in there. You can still include discretionary powers, but again, everything's discretionary. Whether or not they bring up charges is discretionary. What cases the prosecutor takes is discretionary, right? The, the, the degree to which you're charged for any particular crime is discretionary. The judge's yeah. sentencing is discretionary. Everything's discretionary. And don't get me wrong, yes, life in general is not, you know, neatly packaged in the box, but that's why you make comprehensive legislation. Thanks. Be more specific. That's, that's all you have to do. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to need uh, genuinely smart people to help you come up with this legislation. So you can't just get, you know, uh, a, 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 a sophomore poli-sci major to make up some comprehensive legislation like this. You will need people who know what they're talking about, who know how to write, who've done research, or people who know people that have done research um, and who can contribute effectively and create the types of laws that you need to make these things seem fair. Because the criminal justice system just seems so unfair because, because any two people can come into it with the exact same circumstances and have totally different outcomes just depending on who they're dealing with in the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that discretion in this situation just, you know, in, in, as I was saying, like, up until 1985, 1985, it's not even yeah. 40 years ago, not even 40 oh, years ago. I was going to say 85. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, maybe they should. 1965 well, moving on to some more bullshit, or well, I guess that'll be up for y'all to, 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 to decide. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of set on what I think, but y'all might change my mind because y'all always have some great uh, inputs. So, uh, Teen Vogue uh, appointed their youngest editor ever. Yeah, and um, she recently resigned after backlash over tweets that she made in 2011. Now, the tweets themselves are, uh, some of them are racist, some of them are homophobic. I'll read a few of them just to give kind of a, um, to give kind of an air of how they, of, 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 of what these tweets were like. So, one and of the hold tweets. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the, what's the, what's the ethnicity of this woman? We're going to get to all of that. All right, all right. I mean, we're going to get to all of that. We're going to get. Can, let me, let me, let me tell the story. Dang. Okay, go ahead. 
right. So one of the <laughs> tweets was, uh, she tweeted out, outdone by an Asian, hashtag what's new. Now Googling how not how to not wake up with swollen Asian, uh, how to not wake up with swollen Asian eyes. Another tweet said, gave me a two out of 10 on my chemistry problem, cross out all of my work and don't explain what I did wrong. Thanks a lot, stupid Asian TA. You are great. Uh, another one. Uh, oh, wait, I think I lost it, actually. Uh, yeah, I lost it. She had, she had uh, a couple of other ones, but she kind of get the sentiment about how yeah. um, these tweets were. So the yeah. tweets themselves are not, um, you know, excusable in the sense that you can't say, oh, they're not that bad. You know, like, no, they're bad tweets. They're very bad tweets. Um, and so this woman uh, does appear to be a woman of color. Uh, I'm not going to speak on what, what her full race is. I don't know. She looks like she might be black. She could also be Latina. Um, but she's definitely a woman of color, for sure. Um, and so in this case, she was she resigned. It's fair to assume she was forced to resign um, from this position after once she got promoted to the position. She's the longest person to be in that editor position. Her co-workers um, wrote a petition to get her out of the position, um, saying that she wasn't qualified to do it because she didn't have enough experience um, or she was too young. And then also bringing up the things with the tweets. Now, um, I land on the side of she shouldn't have resigned or been forced to resign over the tweets from 2011. And the main reason I land on that is because she was 17 when she made those tweets. So, yeah, she was 17 when she made those tweets. And Twitter was a very different place back then than it is now. Twitter, Twitter now is damn near a political vehicle, you know. And back then, nobody who put their <laughs> stuff on Twitter was thinking, um, you know, about it being used against them in a job down down the line. But that doesn't excuse the tweets, which she doesn't say are, are excused either. Um, she doesn't even say they're excused based on her age. She apologized for them last year and again this year once they um, came out again. So, but not even just that she's she's 17. This is 10 years ago, straight up 10 years ago. Thanks. I'm not even, I'm nowhere near the same person I was 10 years ago. I've changed in every conceivable way possible other than my skin tone. (laughs) I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. And in this case, there was no attempt to see Okay, has she changed? Uh, what are her views now on 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 you know Asians or um, uh, people in the LGBTQ community? Um, mm-hmm. Has she said anything since 2011? Were those her only tweets like that? Perhaps she made those tweets and then somebody talked to her and she you know realized they were bad later on, but just didn't take them down because she didn't think that it would be used against her at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So. My issue is we never had that conversation about what does she think now? Where's her mindset now? And so in this mm-hmm. case, the conversation was just about what she had done in the past. And so this, I think, I normally hate anybody who uses the words cancel culture um, because um, I think it it's just an excuse to talk. It's just it's just your excuse for not being wanting to be held accountable for anything you did in the past, right? Um, anything, and, and for a lot of people, the past was yesterday. Um but in this case, this is 10 years ago, and we didn't get a chance to see if she's changed since then. And 
I feel like if we're gonna go back 10 years to see everything that everyone's ever wrote that was bad and then fire them today based on those things, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and again, those things aren't right. And she said they weren't right. And but and she was a teenager at the time. And that doesn't excuse them for being, that doesn't excuse the actual tweets. My whole argument is that we never try to see whether or not she had changed. If she hadn't changed, and she stands by those tweets, and she still talks like that today, then sure, do whatever you're going to do. But if you're solely going off of those tweets, and you don't even ask about the person that she is today, if she's changed at all, and again, this isn't two years ago, right? This isn't like Janet Yellen doing talks with Wall Street a year ago or two years ago, and they were asking if she has any uh, ties uh, or, or, or any financial ties or something like that. Um, this is 10 years ago, straight up. And this is from a teenager to a near 30-year-old at this point. I, 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 I think this one was way out of, I think this one was way out of context and was an actual example of cancel culture um, or canceling someone. I wouldn't call it a culture because it's not even a culture, but an actual example of canceling someone um, based on something they did in the past without actually examining what type of person they are today. Yeah. 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 And, and, and 10 years ago, like, damn, that's scary. Like, you're going to look 10 years back in my life. This is not, you know, a, a clearance or anything. Like, she's she just getting a job. Like, is this really part of the background investigation now? Going back 10 years on a tweet? Not not like reported actions. Like, a, like she actually did something like illegal or something. Like, you going back 10 years on a tweet. If anything, you you going back ten years has shown that she's changed. She hasn't, mm. she hasn't said any more of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and, and another thing is these tweets. Yes, they're bad. They sound they, they sound like they were made out of emotion. Though. Like like she like they, she, it's, it sounds like she's making fun of them because she feels like they're smarter than him mm. than her. You know. Mm. I, don't, I don't I don't know about this one. I, I don't think she should, uh, but. As you mentioned, like this is just the type of culture going on, especially right now, where people are, you know, being reported of things that happened decades ago, years ago, and it doesn't even—they're not even giving them a second chance. They're not even looking at how much they could have potentially changed as a person. They're just like, nah, you can't be part of my organization anymore, you know. It, but knowing damn well, as you mentioned, also, if everyone had to. You know, if if everyone was under this little, you know, this if if everyone had to be exposed, everyone would have some dirt. Yeah, no one is perfect. And yes, it's fucked up shit. And hell yeah, she should have deleted the damn tweets. But yeah, damn. I mean, I think yeah, I I was disappointed to see it. Um, I was just definitely disappointed to see it because I I think to. To the people that actually, you know, hold people accountable for like past actions and stuff, like regardless of how egregious, I think it kind of gives the people who are like, oh, cancel culture, da da da, like more fire, to be honest, and almost legitimizes it. But like then, because you do that, you like delegitimize when it's actually necessary to hold somebody's accountable for some like really egregious shit that right. they did last year. 
Right. <laughs> like, 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 it's right, like, last. come on now. Yeah. Sis was sis was dead a whole kid. Like she was seventeen. She was seventeen. A whole kid. Come right. on now. I'm like literally all of us. If you go back to our teenage, the transition from teenage to adult, there is no way, there is no way we didn't carry over homophobia, misogyny, sexism, all types of xenophobia. I'm like, there's no way we didn't okay. carry that from the previous generation. There's nobody who ne- who didn't carry any of that at some point from the previous generation. No one right now. Yeah. Now, and it's also I'm like, the, come on now, come on, like that's 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 stupid. And then again, like the fact that you had to go t- ten years to find something. Cause I'm like I'm like because literally like the premise the premise is literally Please. y'all was hating on her, and y'all said, <laughs> so y'all said oh well how can we how can we demonstrate that she shouldn't have this job that we're mad she has, even though she should be that young writing for Teen Vogue being the editor because it is for teens, it is for teens. I'm like come on. Now. <laughs> come on. Come on, she this is really ten years removed from no, technically eight years removed from being a teen. And y'all mad that she got it and she's the youngest person to ever do it? That means all y'all grown ass people this whole time been sitting here perping in these in this magazine, writing for an audience that y'all have y'all aren't even close to being a part of. I'm like, that doesn't make sense anyway, but that's just a tangent. But but still, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I think definitely, like what you were mentioning, what gets lost in this conversation is degree of the thing, right? Is saying racist or homophobic things bad? Yes. Um, is it as bad as raping someone? No. Right. You can change from having racist or homophobic uh, ideas. Um, over 10 years to being not racist or homophobic or maybe even supporting uh, people of different ethnicities and supporting the LGBT community. That can happen over a course of 10 years. You can't unrape someone, you know, that that that, that ain't, ain't go away. That's something that you can legitimately go, okay, I don't care how long it's been, you raped this person and you and, and nothing happened to you for it. You know, degree matters. And in this case, the degree of the offense ain't that damn high, right? Uh, especially during that time, uh, gay marriage wasn't even legal back then. Yeah. Gay marriage wasn't legal yet, <laughs> right? And I like how everyone likes to forget all of the massage, uh well, not people in the, the progressive wing, obviously, uh, of, of, of America, but how a lot of the people who push these cancel uh, uh, uh Movements. I don't like calling it that. It's not a movement. It's just certain people. But a lot of people who push those types of things conveniently forget how normalized it was to make jokes about gay people or say uh, homophobic things. People like to forget how normalized it was to say uh, uh, racist things or prejudiced things about Asians. I mean, do do we do we forget about the Hangover? Do we forget about Nine Candles? Do we forget about all of these movies that made fun of all of the Asian tropes, the Hispanic tropes, the Black tropes that existed not 40 years ago, but 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago? Like for us to act like those things never exist and that none of those things influenced us in those times to have said racist or homophobic or xenophobic things is ridiculous. Now, if you still hold those views, then yeah, we can talk about it. 
yeah, we can get into to, to, to you being that type of person. But saying something in that time and then having a totally different perspective about it now, and even then saying something that, you know, I'm not going to say it affected no one because it, it may, maybe it did. But in that case, again, the degree of offense is just so low to lose your job over. Um, I will also say, I know, uh, sis is definitely black. I just checked and she trained with the National Association of Black Journalists. Sis is definitely black. Um, and I will, and I will add like with the extra context, while her comments may have been anti-Asian, I cannot say that they were racist. Yeah, yeah, no. That's why I, say I, I cannot, I cannot say that they were racist. Yeah. That's why I add the prejudice to it. <laughs> I say your comments were hundred percent prejudice, racist. I don't know. Base, just. I think it'll depend on. It'll definitely depend on what your definition of racism is. Um, yeah. but I would call those comments prejudice. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, because racism is part of a, re- a relationship. So, but that's right. a, that's another conversation. But yeah, definitely in this case, I think um, her resigning or being forced to resign from her position is a bridge too far for having done something as a teenager. I mean, if I go back and think about the wild shit I said in the cafeteria as a teenager. Like I will say I I would not be surprised if the internal discontent with her being chosen as the editor had nothing to do with the fact that she was a black woman. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Um because I'm like I'm like I'm like why would you why would you really be hating like that? It went ten years back on her Twitter because they had, because they you had to go ten years back because there was nothing else there, right? She had no other flaws that they, they could pick at, so they had to go ten years back to get these, you know, to get these terrible tweets. Which again, no one is defending the tweets and saying, "Ah, I mean, they're they're pretty good." Now everyone's saying they're bad tweets. She said they're bad tweets. She said, you know, mm-hmm. she apologizes for having uh, sent them. Um, and doesn't make excuses for for having written them, right? It, it, us talking about her age as a factor, she didn't even mention that. She didn't even mention, oh, I was seventeen at the time. Like she, like she just said, no, I'm sorry for the sweets, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't want anyone to get confused confused with us saying that the tweets are okay or anything like that because they're not, they're not right. okay. But. Right. What I like just to reiterate, what I'm upset about in this case is the fact that we didn't have that conversation about who is she today. After 10 years, what are her views? After 10 years, does she still have those same proclivities? Does she still, when she sees an Asian person, uh, have those same thoughts, or a home or a homosexual person has those same thoughts? Um, and if the answer is no, then I don't think we need to. Uh, remove her from whatever current position she has because she's clearly not the same person she was back then. Moving, speaking of LGBTQ, speaking of LGBTQ, <laughs> we have Lil Mama fell into obscurity. Ain't nobody heard nothing about her recently, you know. But she decided to go out and 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 get to talking. And I don't know if y'all saw the video <laughs> with her talking in. Um, so, <laughs> nope, but I heard I heard some quotes. 
Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, like our, yeah, it's weird. She, she, she started to make a good point and just turned it bad. So the initial point she started to make was that, um, you know, we shouldn't mi- we shouldn't confuse a child believing that they have to be another gender in order to achieve a certain dream. Right. And so her example was, you know, her 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 daughter saying, Mom, I want to be a boy. And then she goes, Why do you want to be a boy? Because boys are good at basketball, I think was the analogy she gave. And they're smart or something like that. So she was like, Well, you don't have to be a boy to be good at basketball or to be smart. Right. And so in that so and like that's a that's a decent enough point. So being able to understand, you know, is it that you feel like you're a boy or do you want to be a boy because or do you feel like you're that that gender? Do you want to be the other gender because you feel like people of that gender do something that you're not supposed to do in your gender, right? So maybe uh, on the flip side, maybe you go, mom, I want to be a girl. Why do you want to be a girl? Um, Because girls get to, you know, dance ballet. Well, you don't have to be a girl to dance ballet. Dance ballet right now if you want to, right? So I think that was a good point. But then she goes on to say we shouldn't be, she just, I mean, just goes off on a tangent talking about Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be allowing children to mutilate their genitals just because they're having uh, a slight, you know, identity thing, and just it's it's. <laughs> a sh- and so she starts. She starts to show her unintelligence on those issues because literally yeah. no one is saying that children should get sex assignment changes. In fact, it is scientifically recommended that they not get one until they're eighteen. Mm. So there's almost no child who's getting a sex reassignment surgery if that's even what they want to do. Because just because you want to. Uh, uh, identifies another gender does not mean you necessarily want to change your genitals. Some people do, some people don't. So just, yeah. just total total lack of understanding in that case. So she started making a good point, went into this tangent about mutilating genitals and um, not allowing people in the LGBT community to make straight people feel bad about having quote-unquote different opinions um, about these <laughs> issues. And so she said that, now I want to make sure I say this verbatim right here. She said that she is going to start a heterosexual rights movement. <laughs> because the heterosexuals in this country are mistreated. They're not allowed to express themselves and they're not allowed to be who they want to be. The gays and the LGBT people are preventing the heterosexuals from being who they want to be and loving who they want to love. Mm. And to continue that mm. on TikTok now, there is a new trend. Have you guys heard of this one? It's called Super Straight. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 now so the, the, the shtick here is um oh well I was told that because I like a trans or because I don't like I don't want to have sex with a trans woman that I'm transphobic. Even even though I'm straight, and you're like, oh well, she's a woman, and if you're straight, you should want to be with a woman. So it goes. So now I'm not identifying as straight anymore. I'm identifying as super straight. So that means that I only want to have <laughs> sex with a woman who was born a woman. And what? then he, and he goes on to say, so don't discriminate against my sexual identity or whatever because I'm super straight. I'm like, do you even know what discriminate means? <laughs> and like. Now, now, what's funny with the super straight one, and we'll get back to the little mama's thing in a second. The the funny thing with the super straight one is he thinks that, like, it's implicit in 
him saying that he's super straight, that he believes that trans women are attractive, or rather that he's attracted to trans women. Because the whole reason he's making super straight is that by that once he gets to the bed and he realizes that they're not uh, a woman in the sense that he wants them to be, well, now, you know, uh, and he doesn't want to have sex with them, that makes him transphobic or whatever in, in, in his eyes. But yeah. implicit in that is that you were attracted to a trans woman because she looks like a woman. So you being super straight will not prevent you from talking to a trans woman <laughs> exactly. because you're still attracted to them. So you may still encounter them and go to the point where you're going to have sex and then realize they're trans. Or maybe they tell you straight up because I think that weirdo scenario where they don't tell you they're trans until like right before you're about to have sex. I don't. I don't think that 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 happens as often. And that's what I feel like people. I feel like people think that happens more often than it does. I feel like it does happen, but like not to the extent that people are saying like, "Oh my god, you just never know." Like, "Ah, I think most people. Yeah, and and I and I will say like. Trans, like black trans women, literally probably experience more violence than like any other black demographic, and yeah. so they they go through a lot of shit. So like, I just, there's definitely not. It's a common thing for black trans women to be killed by quote unquote straight black men, hetero cis black men. Yeah, simply because of the fact they said, "Hey, I'm trans." No matter, like it doesn't matter what yeah, point. What, yeah, what, and no matter, what point, matter yeah. what point. It could have been like they said, "What's up?" And it was like, "Hey, I'm I'm trans." And like the guy just felt, hey, literally, the guy Insecure. felt some type of way about himself, and then took that took that out yeah. on that woman. So, so I would yeah, imagine so I, probably most cases are they don't even like they try to suss it out how the person feels about trans exactly. beforehand, and exactly. would then reveal it. But like uh, just the the idea that they go that most trans women meet a straight guy and then surprise you in the bed like hell no hell no i feel like that's not happening as all these people are saying that's 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 dangerous it's too dangerous for them to do that so why would they you know but but yeah so guys now are super straight you know um and little mama's starting a heterosexual rights group because you know cisgender women and men are being discriminated against all over this country by the lgbt community (laughs) And by discriminated against, they mean that the LGBT community sometimes says things that hurts their feelings. That's 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 their version of discrimination. True. Yeah, this is. <clears throat> I think a lot of this uh, stems from the anti-LGBTQI uh, culture in in Black culture, specifically in the South. I. I can I can speak from like my own experience with my family. Um, speaking down upon that community, like it's yeah. a real thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah. T. Jack, you mentioned um, with the last the last uh, the last topic on how, and you had a great point. Like, gay marriage just became a thing. Um, legally, uh, mm-hmm. less than ago. that, and I think that just showed less than a decade ago, and I think that just shows uh, how this is a generational shift in thought of mm-hmm. you know 
you know, getting this out of our generational culture. shift in thought paid off with the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just so I did not expect this type of stupidity from little mama. I'm not going <laughs> to hold you. I did not. Like, I genuinely did not like, but I seen it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, she's saying this shit. What the fuck? Like, what? Why? Like, who? Who? Like, like, who does she pitch this to and was like, that's a good idea? Like, I'm like, like, who was in her circle? Because somebody failed her. Somebody, <laughs> somebody failed her. That like, whoever co-signed, whoever co-signed gave her the thumbs up. I'm like, y'all failed her. Y'all really did. Y'all really did. She didn't need that. She didn't need that. Because that was just so stupid. That was so stupid. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, it's what? interesting. It's, it's 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 interesting when like Dave Chappelle talk about it. I mean, not not even interesting. Like, I don't know, I don't know if he like normalizes that type of shit, but but he had an he had an interesting perspective on it. He says the more that and and you know we can mm. disagree on this, but he said the more that we talk about it in public, the more we accept it and not make it this like not not make it a private taboo. conversation. I mean, I think, I think yeah. generally, I yeah. Agree. I mean, I, I, I definitely think it de- depends on how you talk about it. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah, could sure. very much talk about it and be like, mm-hmm. "That's satanic," and like it's gonna yeah. be even more of a taboo. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it depends on how you talk about it. But um, I do think having open conversations that are positive. Construction, constructive, <laughs> accepting and inviting and loving conversations. And I don't mean say accept and invite and love the people who say I refuse to accept and invite and love those who are not, who don't ascribe to the same gender as me or, or are part of the LGBTQ community. Like, I mean that in the sense of like, you having a conversation and you are receiving that, yes, there are those who live differently than you might think what you're used to or you've grown up Mm -hmm. to be familiar with and that's perfectly fine and that's naturally how they are and you don't have to you know you don't have to do you don't have to be like oh honestly i don't even want to say that like it doesn't like you should just accept it like it's really like it's not even like oh you don't have to like you just accept it people out here being people and that's okay but i'm definitely surprised like I was definitely surprised to see this from her. Like I read a I read a quote from her from, from the shade room and literally I'm like, yo, this said this was like a quote from her live and it was like yeah. when it comes to people who choose to be gay or choose to be lesbian or choose to change their sexuality and have the mind frame of an adult and you're able to do that on your own, I don't have anything against you. But when we're talking about these babies, we have to be mindful that they're being fed. That was the quote. And I'm like, for me, it was like the when it when when it comes to people who choose to be gay. I'm like, what? I'm like, we are we not we not past that yet? It's no, no, being gay is still a choice, bro. You didn't know, bro. No, bro. It's like it's like picking it's like picking your favorite boxers, bro. All right, am I gonna wear these boxers today? I'm gonna wear those boxers. You, you slip in and out of here. All right, I'm gay today. I'll be straight tomorrow. And y'all switch over to trans on a Thursday. That's how it works, bro. I don't. I, I, you didn't know that? Yeah, no. You just you just pick. <laughs> You just you just you just pick every day. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. He being sarcastic, y'all. But, but yes, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> you gotta say that for the people who don't who don't read. Yeah, yeah, some people don't get I'm being sarcastic. 
But nah, I'm like, yo, I I just I'm like literally once I saw that, I was like, I already know where you was coming from. You said yeah. everything you needed to say with that. Yeah, that and, was that was real stupid. It and, yeah. and it just just to finish my point, I would say Go like ahead. the fact that sis said it's a heterosexual rights movement. I'm like, there are there are there is no legal restrictions, impediments, inabilities, inhibitions put onto heterosexual cis people in the United States. None. They're not prevent you are not prevented from doing anything in the United States based off the fact that you are a cis heterosexual. Now you cannot say the same about those in the LGBTQ community. Right. So yeah. Implicit or that uh, rather a broader generalization within that statement that you just read from Lil Mama is you may have seen a lot of this. Oh, they're pushing this agenda on us, right? They're pushing the LGBTQ agenda on us, right? They're feed they're feeding this to us. They're feeding this to our kids, right? Now, my thing is, you can have an opinion of whether or not you're being fed some type of agenda, okay? But as a black person. There are bigger agendas to be aware of than an LGBTQ agenda, like the the school to prison pipeline agenda. The, the, have we all forgotten about that? Did we do one study on it and then no one cares about it anymore? Right. right. Um, if you don't know, if you don't know anything about the money and politics agenda, if you don't know anything about the uh, uh, um, profiting of prisons agenda, right? If you don't know anything about the gentrification agenda, if you don't know anything about any of these other agendas that affect you directly and can prevent you from living a full life, you don't know anything about those, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about no LGBTQ agenda. Because at the end of the day, even if it is an agenda, it's an agenda that doesn't harm you in any way. It's purely, for the most part, informational and... um, and protective. They're just trying to have their rights and the right to be whom they want to be. And also to let you know who they are so that you respect them for who they are. That's the agenda. The agenda isn't let's make your kids gay. Because that's 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 what all that's what, what's implicit in that. They're trying to they're trying right. to force our kids to be gay. They're trying or or even you know, for some people, it's not even that far. For some of them, it's, oh, they're trying to force our kids to accept people who are gay, right? Or they're trying to yeah. force our kids to accept people who are LGBTQ. So, and and, and so that's, in, that's just within their own biases. And I just, I hate every time I hear, oh, they're pushing an agenda. They're pushing this agenda on us. And they're a way big. I mean, it's not even an issue, so I can't even really say there are way bigger issues. But there are other things that are way more important than whether or not your kids um, are 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 gay or aren't gay or any of the other uh, uh, identities or sexualities. Um, because that's none of, that's that's none of your business. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. I don't. Maybe, maybe I just need to make a T-shirt that goes, "It's none of your business." But it's none of your business. Right. Mm-hmm. Respect people for who they are yeah. and move on with your life. That's all that anyone in the LGBT community is is asking. Respect their lives and move on with yours. Respect right. their identities and move on with yours. Yeah. Call them by their preferred names and move on. And, you know, 
just to to now have to come up with a group, a heterosexual rights group, just to spite the LGBT groups. You're just doing it. You're not doing it to legitimately get rights for heterosexual people because there's no, like you said, black politics. There's no rights that heterosexual people aren't afforded in this country, specifically that the government prohibits or anything like that. You're just doing it to spite LGBTQ people because yeah. <laughs> you're all of the phobics. You're homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're just all of the phobics. Like <laughs> that's the only reason that she made this, that she's making making this group. I'm sure she's not going to put anything actually behind it because uh, this sounds like the type of stunt just to get a little bit of publicity since ain't nobody been talking about little mama lately. So why not go Yo, viral off you, some stupid shit? Could you, could you imagine if she dropped the album after this shit? She probably, <laughs> I'm telling you, because that, that's just how they are. Go viral to get some, 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 some acclaim. So that way people listen to what you got to say later. Yeah. I think, I think though, this is uh, a defense to being called, like her accusations of being transphobic and homophobic. This is like, yeah, I'm trying to save my career. Let's do this by, uh, you know. This uh, is almost like a career, though. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this is literally like, I didn't even know who that, that was the type of timing you was on until you did this shit. I feel like that's the case with most people. <laughs> yeah, she sees, she sees, she sees all this cancel culture shit going on. She's like, I don't want to be canceled. Let's let's do something nah, real yeah, desperate. Nah. I, I don't know what the hell she was thinking. I'm like, this this should that get you canceled? The fuck is <laughs> yeah. And look, I think I think um, I think you can make a, a like a comprehensive argument. Like like let's say if we're talking about that in a different way. Like maybe she was told that she's transphobic, and the thing that she said or thought she didn't think was transphobic, right? But the person who told her she was transphobic didn't explain to her why she's transphobic. I think we could have a conversation about that. I think yeah. we can have a conversation about explaining to people why we use the labels we use on them for their behavior. And maybe even in some cases, the label isn't warranted, right? I think that's a real conversation you can have about the messaging of LGBTQ and many other issues, but specifically in this one, LGBTQ um, plus rights. So that's a real that's a real conversation we could have. How, mm-hmm. What is the messaging? Um, you know, is it more just calling people transphobic and homophobic without them understanding what's transphobic and homophobic? Because I mean, I don't know if y'all live in America or not, but I do. And for what I found out, people in America are stupid. And they don't see the obvious thing yeah. in front of them all the time. And even when you break it down, they still don't see it. So I can imagine for some people to be told you're transphobic and not yeah. feel you're transphobic and have no one explain to you what it means or why the thing that you did is transphobic can definitely be jarring. Um, but the response to that is not right. creating in a group that's specifically against all of the things that you were just told that you're phobic against. It would be to inquire and ask for more information, right? right? And you could even um, equate that to uh, our next topic with uh, Sharon Osbourne, with her um, on The View, crying, saying that she is not a racist even though, you know, she's good friends with Pierce Morgan and she said racist things in the past. But for her, she doesn't believe that she is a racist because she doesn't think the things that she said or done are racist. Now, for her, she's an older woman, so you definitely got to take a lot of time to break that down, explain it to her. And even then, she still might not care. Um, But 
for for people like Sharon Osbourne and 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 I like to use her. They're the type of racists who only think that racism, and this maybe even goes back to little mama thinking uh, what transphobia is. My only think that transphobia or racism is literally attacking or killing the people of that group. And if you're yeah. not doing that, then you are not transphobic and you are not uh, racist or, uh, or, or, or any of those types of, 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 of trains of thoughts. And I think and honestly, I don't know what the solution is for that one. I'm not going to lie to you because part of it, I'm like information, but like, you know, the information's out there, plenty of videos, plenty of people trying to reach people. Um, and, you know, you're just not hearing it or you just don't want to hear it, whatever it is. But, you know, I think too often yeah. the racists believe that they can, or the transphobes or the homophobes or xenophobes believe that they can define what it means to be a racist or a transphobe or a xenophobe. Yeah. Like you can't define that because you're the one perpetuating mm -hmm. the oppression right. in those cases. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 agree. I definitely agree with what you're saying, bro. Like um, your point on, you know, she's seen all these extreme forms of racism. So that's what, you know, that's what is normalized for her. You know, she normalizes racism to equate to, uh, you said that she yeah, was pretty old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so she, she's seen, you know, the dogs biting the children, the, the nooses and whatnot. You know, that's racism to her. That's you not you're not you're not worthy of living because yeah. you're black. So he's thinking, Oh, I'm not racist. That was not that was nothing compared to what happened back in the day. I'm not racist <laughs> at all. <laughs> And, and and with little mama, like you know, she I don't know what she <laughs> what she what she, she considers transphobic or homophobic, but I gen so y'all don't think that she like y'all don't y'all think I don't, she's I don't know. I, I think I, she's dead ass. I think she's I think she's I think she's I think she's, I think she's dead, dead ass in <laughs> what she believes about um her not being transphobic and honestly her just not understanding what transphobia is in general. Um, I believe she's like real in what her actual positions are. Um, I think the heterosexual rights group thing, I think it's a stunt. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's to get, I think she's I trying to get clout. I think she said, I think her not think she's transphobic is dead ass. Yeah. And this is her way of trying to prove nah, that she's transphobic. I don't, I don't think that's saying, how she views that. I'm like, since you're not about to do no hetero, 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 heterosexual advocacy group, thinking that's going to demonstrate you're not transphobic, there's no fucking way. We think it's, but we think it's stupid. But there are people that are that are down in the south. Man. Yeah, that's, that's not possible. That's not you know what? Like, I mean, it could, it that could be beyond not, the level of stupid that I'm attributing to her. You're right. You're right. Right. They think that this is a sin. You're right. <laughs> Like this shouldn't. I mean, true. I, I, I really just, you know, I'm really just. I hope. I hope. I really just hope she's she, from Atlanta. That's not the case, because I'm like, you really gotta be a certain type of stupid to think this is gonna show that you're not. <laughs> like y'all mentioned, parents being afraid that their children to, uh, become, you know, a, a member of the LGBTQIA yeah, community yeah. is a thing. Like it's a. 
thing. I'm not going to buy this color shirt for you because I don't want you thinking that it's okay for you to wear this color shirt. I don't want you buying those toys in this sport or wearing these type of pants because I don't want to. I don't want you to to think that this is okay for men or or women. It's yeah, a thing. No, I, yeah. I know that. I mean, we. I th- I think I'm I'm just like that's a certain level of stupid to think this is going to be what demonstrates that you're not transphobic. Remember Lil Boosie? What he did? He he said that he for his sons he oh yeah I heard he, he I heard about it. Oh, yeah, yeah I heard that that was crazy yeah yeah to make sure yeah. we're not yeah Boosie is a terrible parent he's I mean he should yeah, was, he should honestly crazy. he should honestly be in prison for that yeah technically he, yeah. he facilitated he facilitated the um, sexual exploitation of his own children. No, right. To make sure they're not. But the way they used to use it, like you're saying, I get your point, is that, oh, my, my kids just became men. I yeah. didn't sexually exploit right. them, they just became men. It's masculine. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the, the uh, just to close out this topic, I think one of the key um, issues with those people is that when you try to bring up what's wrong with the actions that you've taken, uh, or you try to bring up some type of irony, they separate issues so far that they don't even allow the two thing, the thing that they've done and the thing that you're explaining to connect. So for example, you couldn't explain to Boosie, well, Boosie, if you had a daughter, and would you pay a male prostitute to have sex with your daughter? And he'd go, mm-hmm. hell no, I wouldn't do that. So why would you do it with your son? Oh, because my son is a boy. Yeah. It it, it, it would never connect. It would never connect. Yeah. Yeah, I remember? He took his daughter to the, to the, nah. to the doctor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah they, they some weird shit. To, che- to check her heart. But T.I. himself engages in a lot of fucking crazy sexual uh, encounters at the minimum. Yes. And he might be a sexual predator at the maximum. Yeah. But he has to check his daughter's hymen because he doesn't want her to be a hoe. I don't like it's funny. If you wanted to prevent your children from, you know, engaging in certain things or going this is a tangent. If you want to prevent your kids from engaging in certain activities or going down paths that you don't want them to go down, the best way to do that would be to facilitate a environment of trust with your child. So that way when they start to uh-huh. make decisions, they come to you for advice. If you facilitate mm-hmm. an error or an environment of distrust, then once your kids start to make bad decisions, they won't come to you. They'll go to their friends or someone else they mm-hmm. trust because they don't trust you. So yeah. that's just my two cents on that. I ain't got yeah. no kids, by the way. Yeah. I know everybody gonna say, oh, you're in a parent, so you don't yeah. know. I think that's stupid. Yeah, and, and that's just y'all, I'm sorry. Last thing, I promise. I want y'all like can we can we all agree that there are definitely people that are willing to support oh, what well, you Yeah, we already in agreement. That wasn't yeah. a question. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, some people might try to join. You right? Yeah. I, we probably know some. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like it's a level of consciousness that just people just haven't obtained, bro. Like when we talk about race consciousness, there's also gender. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like for me, like but... definitely, like the solid, solid. So, like, come starting, starting school, 
um, was definitely like a major turning point, like starting college, um, major turning point. Definitely. Uh, Cause literally like one of my first friends was like queer. Um, so I was like, oh shit. Like literally like in that moment, and he's just like slid in that, And I was like, oh shit. Like in that moment, radically destroyed all preconceived notions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that moment, radically destroyed all preconceived notions from like childhood and family. But it really sealed the deal and made everything like and really got me to the point was my sec my um human sexuality class literally like transformed the way that was it was like it was like oh like niggas don't choose their sexuality it just is what it is and like that's that like it's not like oh they have people deciding that like nah like it is what it is they attract to what they attracted to yeah. and as it's, people learn as people learn what they're yeah. attracted to it's not oh they just choosing it's they're learning that they're attracted to whatever, whatever, yeah. uh, in whatever time or whatever. Like it's like it's natural, it's normal, it's nothing wrong. Yeah, that class that class was amazing for me. It's funny. Um, I I know me and Kate I went to uh, went to school in the same city, and I don't know if it was the same at your school as it was at mine, but I was ex I was never not. I, I was never like homophobic, if that made sense. And no one else around me was either because there were already so many people who were gay in the area. Like my uncle was gay and that was the first mm -hmm. gay person I had ever met. And I was like, and, and I didn't know he was gay at first. And dude, like, you know, big, strong dude, tough, whatever. And then my mom told me he was gay. And I was like, he's gay. But like, he doesn't look like the gay people I see on TV. He's not like super flamboyant yeah, and, 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 uh, and, you know, his speech thing or, or whatever and she was like yeah it's gay and I was like huh that was like when I was like in middle school I think that, mm. that's all. and then like I just kept encountering gay people who broke whatever stereotype was on TV and then once I got to high school lots of guys were gay and all of them could fight so no one really made fun of them so if <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they made fun of them they got hands so it just it, it was what it was and then I'll never forget the one story my friend told me. There was a guy who would come by and help out um, in one of the student orgs that we had. And um, he was a really cool guy, very popular. Uh, he was he was older, obviously he was alumni at the school. And I knew he was gay. And a couple other people knew he was gay. Um, but when somebody was like advertising or whatever and it didn't really matter. But my friend, one of my best friends at the time, he didn't know he was gay. And he really like idolized the dude, thought he was cool and all of that. And so, then one day me and him were talking and he was like, dang, I wonder what kind of girls he dates. Like, I couldn't imagine anybody dating him. And I was like, you know, he's gay, right? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, bro, stop lying. And I was like, yeah, he's gay. And I was like, hey, come over here. He was like, yeah, what's up? He was like, what's your need? And I was like, tell him you're gay. And he was like, yeah, I'm gay. And he was like, bro, both of y'all lying to me. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, he was like, and it was just yeah. it was the most nonchalant thing ever. He was like, yeah, I'm gay. And then, like, he walked away. And then my friend was just sta standing there, just kind of staring at some space. And he was like, bro, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, next day, he's cool. He's like, well, I mean, I liked him before, and I, I still like him now. So him being gay is just him being gay. And so, like, yeah. it, 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 it was just – and I come from – you could call it the hood. So it was just interesting to have grown up in that environment. And for it to not have been like super homophobic or super transphobic or whatever, like I see in some other communities, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like going off of that, you know. Um, like you mentioned the hood and you know, the LGBTQIA community. That's what a real that's what it really struggles are for it. You know, people that you know can't get jobs because of their sexual orientation. You know, people that yeah, it is it's, it's big time struggles in our own communities mm. that sometimes we don't even see. But yeah, just growing up in DC, like it was a interesting um exposure to you know that reality. Um, especially with and I'm sure you've heard of Second is a group of of um members of the LGBTQI LGBTQI community mm-hmm. in DC. Um all black, you know, brothers and sisters that, you know, experienced that had different experiences growing up that a lot of, you know, black people or a lot of people from the from the hood that weren't part of that community can't really speak on, like being ousted from your parents. Yeah. Like you can't live here anymore. So you gotta be on the streets. And, you know, they were you know, everyone knew somebody from the check it and they were in the they were in the go go's. You know, and they were just like cool people, but you know, as you mentioned, like there's a there's definitely a a stereotype portrayed of what a you know a gay person is or whatever, yeah. what, what what have you. So definitely growing up in this city, like I you know you're not really you're not you're not you know, homophobic or what not to say that you can't be, but you know if you really take everything in when you're growing up is yeah, it's 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 good because like other people that come from other places that never had that exposure, yeah, yeah. You know, they don't really they don't really you know ones that you know do all that crazy shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. my my experience was pretty much the opposite of TJX. It, <laughs> it was not oh, it's just everything's accepted and nah, it was nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, my family not. Yeah, like, no. Like my mom, my mother tells my little brother, you know, when I was giving those examples of you can't wear this, you can't play with this. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, funny, bro. Um, my family is the family exact is. opposite. It's like do whatever you do, and like my mom, uh, it wouldn't matter what we are if it was gay or trans or whatever. She'd be straight. My grandma, my both my grandmothers literally wouldn't care. My other, the grandmother I thought would care has like now she's just like I don't care do whatever you're going to <laughs> like it don't matter to me like I'm old I don't I don't got nothing to do with that and mm-hmm. it's just it's just so weird like throughout my family there are different people I don't think there's anyone that's trans in my family but definitely um, do have gay family members um, but yeah it's just it's weird they're just all like super accepting like no one would I, like I don't, I don't I could never see anyone from my family being shunned for their sexual identity or their sexual orientation. Unless it was like, you know, some devious shit. Mm. Mm, that's lit. That's right. Yeah. Some, someday, if I ever have offspring, they'll say the, they'll say the thing that about me. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. Um, I know Black Politech, you put in here, you want to talk about Tamir Rice, Tamir Rice's mother, Calling out Sean King and BLM Global. Yeah, so 
Um, this is kind of like interesting. So like earlier this week, she basically, um, the mother of Tamir Rice, uh, Tamaria, I think her name is Tamaria. Is it Tamaria? Let me read what I put. Is it? I don't want to disrespect. No, Samaria, my bad. Yeah, Samaria Rice put out a statement um, that basically said, what is it? Uh, Tamika Mallory, Sean King, Benjamin Crump, Lee Merritt, Patrice Cullors, Melina Abdullah, and the Black Lives Matter Global Network need to step down, stand back, and stop monopolizing and capitalizing our fight for justice and human rights. We never hired them to be the representatives in the fight for justice for our dead loved ones murdered by the police. The activists have events in our cities and have not given us anything substantial for using our loved ones' images and names on their flyers. The attorneys in our fight are also misleading the impacted families. In the case of Tamir Rice, it was even questionable as to whether Benjamin Crump knew the laws in depth in the state of Ohio. I fired him six to eight months into Tamir's case. We don't want or need or need y'all parading in the streets, accumulating donations, platforms, movie deals, etc., of the death of our loved ones, while the families and communities are left clueless and broken. Don't say our loved ones' names, period. That's our truth. And then um, she put out a list of demands. So, like, she says, step down. Demand one was step down from the spotlight of our fights. Do not do any more interviews, make any more T-shirts or hold any more press conferences or events in the name of our loved ones. Do not use our loved ones names to market any events. Black Lives Matter Los Angeles should pay me Lisa Simpson as the mother of Richard Risher. Um, they had a press conference for the 49 day encampment when my son Richard Risher First got killed. They raised 5000 for my son's funeral. I never received one penny. Three, financial assistance for the Tamir Rice Foundation from all who have exploited Tamir Rice. And she listed Tamika Mallory, Sean King, Benjamin Crump, and Black Lives Matter Global Network. I, Samaria Rice, purchased the building in 2018. It needs remodeling and operational funding. Um, four, housing funds for Lisa Simpson as I am battling homelessness with my current children my son richard risher was killed by and i'm and i think when it when she's transitioning to the eye i think she that's like the demand from lisa simpson um but uh i am battling homelessness and current children what's it called oh no actually okay not not the way i'm reading it so the woman who posted that statement earlier was from Oh, so that statement, my bad. So that statement is from Samaria, Samaria Rice and Lisa Simpson. So, yes, these demands are from both of them. That's why she's going back and forth between I. Um, but, yeah, also she says housing funds. Lisa Simpson says she's battling homelessness with her current children. My son, Richard Richer, LAPD, is offering no assistance from BLM. I'm currently living in a motel with my children. and need funds for housing. Um, dang, I this, this seems okay. It's only two more. Uh, support the Tamir Rice Foundation and make all requested donations there. And they got Tamir, Tamir Rice Foundation.org and then send personal donations to cash apps of uh, dollar sign Samaria Rice and dollar sign Lisa Lee 693. So, in the words of my wonderful, beautiful girlfriend. 
She's not wrong. They are not yeah. wrong. Because yeah. I, mm -hmm. I don't see a single thing in there that is wrong or unreasonable in any way. Especially in, in those other cases of um, exploiting, you know, the images and the likenesses and the names of the deceased in order to make money. I used to think about that all the time. Like, people, like, when, Tra I, I think, I, I first started thinking about that when the Trayvon Martin, like, hoodies and shirts came out. Like, yeah, it's in support of Trayvon Martin, but, like, y'all are selling this. Y'all are making money off of selling his likeness for the movement. It's a commoditization of the, uh, 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 activist movement. And in this case, her loved one has been commoditized and is being made money off of. And she hasn't been hurt. The family hasn't been compensated um, in, in the ways that they should be. And, you know, it, speak, it speaks to a, a larger issue of how these movements end up getting hijacked by the businesses in these countries. Who come in as you know benevolent uh, 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 arbiters, wanting to quote unquote help, you know, spread the message and spread awareness. But it's all it's always to spread a message or spread awareness for a price, and they're going to make that money um, by using these tragedy these tragedies. And and you and you see that all over, right? You see all of all of the woke culture by by corporations. Now you got you know. Wendy's or KFC or, or Walmart tweeting and texting, acting like they're real people down with the cause and all of that, right? Yeah. So that they can make a few mm -hmm. extra dollars, right? You can you can buy a Black Lives Matter hoodie at a Walmart, right? So yeah. I feel what she's right. saying 100%. I will say Walmart been up in yeah. the minimum wage for their employees. I will, I will acknowledge that. So I fuck with that. Um, but <laughs> going off of TJ, going off of TJ's point, um, with the corporations, you know, definitely it's obvious performative activism. And now that I think about it, they're hijacking the movement, putting Black Lives Matter in their websites and their, you know, in, in their visions and their in their missions. Um, but they're not donating to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Well. So, so uh, Black Lives Matter Global Network did get a lot of money in this past year, like some millions. Um, and that's like fuels. That's that like fuels. Uh, some yeah, I'm, I'm out of the loop, bro. But who the fuck is Black Lives Matter Global? So, uh, Black Lives Matter Global is like yeah. the national slash international, but mostly national umbrella org that descends down into like Black Lives Matter LA, Black Lives Matter Syracuse. Granted the actual formal legal financial ties are not solid or even in existence most of the times but like Black Lives Matter Global Network is like the broader one that's like a national policy focused In other words it's a ghost corporation that makes its money through donations. I wouldn't say that. Um, That's what it sounds I would, like. Nah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that because it's cool. it's not like it's like a corporation for something or someone else. Like that's not really what it is. It's it's really it's like it's it's almost like 
it's, it's akin to like movement for black lives but it's just like national yeah like just like national, national there's like there's technically like sub chapters and like local. smaller chapters but you said there are no financial connections so for most for most there are not there are some chapters where that's been the case but like most they're not um but no 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 but like it's it's largely a result of like lack of organization and somebody's making that money though you Uh, just told me they took you're right. somebody that took in millions. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They but did they don't definitely. but they're not organized enough to have uh the structure that they need. So like they're organized yeah. enough to take in millions of donations, but not organized enough to have the actual structure. Well well so let me so let me so like my critique again like about them right now, and there's like a whole bunch of internal stuff going on with the chapters and like it's a whole bunch of critique against the national chapter. But I mean, even like for specifically for that, like even like the Syracuse chapter BLM like got an influx of donations. Like it's nothing for people to find your link to donate to you in their time of white guilt and like that be that. Um Right, but what'd you say? Get them. Oh, they got. I can I can search it up right now. And my question is like, who monitors that bank account, right? Like, who is it? So who's in control of that money? Because it's a person or persons. Yeah, it is. Um, so like they're like a they're a nonprofit. So I don't know who the treasury person is. I don't know none of that stuff. But like they they're definitely a nonprofit. Like. Everywhere it goes is technically public. Um, so yeah, um, like like me, my worry is not really misappropriation of funds. It's just there's a lack of organization and a lack of communication, and that breeds distrust. I don't like like and if you're not like organized, my, then you can't appropriate funds appropriately. Um, agree. But I think a misappropriation of funds in the sense that, like, there's an intentional misuse of funds. Like, if mm-hmm. I had to guess, shit is just sitting there. Like, it's not going to spend on initiatives. Because, like, yeah. So. But, but again, like, their shit I is public. I'd like to their books. I'd like to, I'd like to take a look at their books. And that's what I want to get into. Like, we mentioned in, like, those demands where where people where people are not receiving the funds and as T Jack mentioned, like people are getting people are uh commoditizing. Commoditizing. Commoditizing um okay off of dead bodies. Uh which is one fucked up. But um, um. yeah, so, so so like so like with um and I can speak from my experience because recently I've been trying to get more involved in DC. Mm-hmm local activism and my instagram is not active right now i've been relying on websites <laughs> but most involved and at first i was thinking you know it's a pandemic so we're not doing that much in-person stuff but the most the the most common way i can get involved is by donating right right now and all right and it's just like Come on, like, like this is not 
I know, we're, as I said, I know we're in a pandemic, but like th- this, this movement is just getting, as you said, disorganized. Like, I don't, like, you know, the movement is going bad when, when people don't even feel like they can contribute positively to the movement anymore. Yeah. Like what happened to, like, like what happened to, like the other day I saw the new Black Panther guys mm-hmm. in the streets. Like what's, what happened to, yeah, what, what happened to that neighborhood involvement? Type stuff instead of this internet stuff. I mean, oh, so so quickly, like, and what I was saying initially with like the money in the performative activism, you said they got BLM um, is getting millions. That's great, right? BLM Global Network. They got ninety million last year. That's great, but there are so many different corporations out here. Stealing their, stealing their stuff, like putting Black Lives Matter on their websites and, and, and all of this and that in their mission statements, and, and then we got all the local businesses on the on the ground, like putting Black Lives Matter. Like I I was driving through one of the neighborhoods today, and all the all the uh, the whole street got Black Lives Matter yeah. on the flagpole, on the on the light pole, yeah, government, whatever. And, and, <laughs> and, and and that's another thing. The government like. The government's putting all this Black Lives Matter stuff. They're not supporting nah. the movement. Like, like y'all just put the flag. So, like, so ninety million—that's great. But Amazon got their own Black Lives Matter shit going on. They could donate ninety million by themselves. Yeah. You know, and that's nothing to them. I mean, they so like <laughs> they boy, they, you know, bro, they only voted. They only donated ten million to climate change. They ain't really about that shit. <laughs> right, and the issues like. Is getting so clouded because now people don't even know what it's about anymore. People, you know, they they think it's like a, yeah. a corporate thing where you know we're it's a hiring movement where we we want to devote our resources to hiring more black people. We don't want to devote our resources to fixing fixing real like that. That's an issue, not, not enough represent, representation, but fixing actual issues on the ground. And, and you're 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 just so right when you say how hijacked Black Lives Matter has become. Because Black Politic mentioned it uh, two episodes back. Yeah. Black Lives Matter is specifically about police brutality. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one issue. It's not everything that Black people go through. It's the, it's the one issue. And now it's this gigantic umbrella term that oh, either you're with Black, Matters, Black Lives Matter or you're against it, um, you know, type thing. And, 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 and being with Black Lives Matter means being with all of these different black uh, things, but it's it's one thing. Black Lives Matter is one thing, and you're just so right when you say how abused Black Lives Matter as a brand has been. Because you could even you know go on a porn site right now, and if you type in BLM, you will find some type of porn where it's like a it's it's like <laughs> oh I'm saying BLM while you know taking it from the back or something. It's like it's it's that far. It's, it's that far. You could literally find porn that is commoditized BLM. I think it's I think it's a whole bunch of ways yeah. to look at it. Cause like one, I'm not I'm not mad that there are a whole bunch of different micro movements within BLM. I'm not mad about that. I think I think that's natural and healthy, to be honest. Um, because I mean ever literally ever since probably like fucking 
Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Like, there's no, there's no longer any like spearhead, singular head of movement type. Like, that doesn't really exist no more. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, that doesn't really, that doesn't really exist no more. And I'm not. What'd you say? It's probably for the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For black. Uh, queer black women as well. Like, I'm, like you no, the organization that. was and like four black women. I think, um, I so I, so in terms of like it being like all over the place. I mean, I think I think it's just natural because like even the way in which you address police brutality is such a like complex thing to combat because you have like the national laws. And then we have like the whole thing about how the national laws show up, but then like national mm-hmm. regulation over state governed police departments is like a fucking mess. And then like there's like the issue of like city charters and how those interact with like the police union. And then like that's different based off your county. And then like it's like literally every every time you go in, it could be some whole completely mm-hmm. different shit related to like how police departments, all the shit function and the method in which you go to addressing it. And I think that's, I don't think that's a big part of why like shit shows up a lot differently. Shit shows up a lot, like, like at a base level, like shit shows up a lot differently it don't, it, from city to city, town to town. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's like, even in addressing it, like the actual addressing it, because part of when we talk about like, you know, we're addressing like police brutality, a big proponent of that is like, we talk about dismantling policing, but because we're talking about dismantling policing, it's like, we also got to pick up the work of saying, well, what's an effective replacement? What's an effective, what are alternative models to public safety? So like that fucking research has to happen. And to actually do that shit, you got to talk about like, find access to resources, access to equitable housing, access to equitable finance, access to equitable food. And it's like, by the time you get all the way out the fucking near, you're talking about everything Mm -hmm. that that affect black people and and marginalized people, period. By the time you get fucking there. So, and that's, and it's like literally like to, 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 you start at one point, let's say you got to walk three steps back and then run three miles out left and right. And then that's where the fuck you got to come from to bring it back into the point of, okay, y'all, this is how we're going to decrease police brutality. That's literally, that's literally like how, how the fuck this shit is going right now. It's, it's crazy. Like it's mad fucking work. It's mad fucking work. But I will say that's, yeah. that's a lot of that. Like True. for the people but, doing actual work, that's why that shit look as messy as it look. Even with people doing the best of their ability, that's why that shit will look messy regardless. Um, I would say, but like in terms of like the original True. topic about her calling mm-hmm. out Sean King, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's crazy if like BLM, LA, BLM, um, LA or whatever really didn't give them no money. Mm-hmm. I think that's fucking crazy because I like, like I'm very surprised if that's the case. But again, like every every chapter is different. Like everybody moved different. Everybody, some is incorporated, some is not. Some is like actual nonprofit, some are not. Some, I like. I don't yeah. really. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, and I t- I tell you why I'm not surprised. 
in this recession, bruh, these people that are working these full-time Black Lives Matter jobs, they don't have another source of income. That's the thing. It's not a the majority of the the majority of them is like not the majority of like Black Lives Matter orgs are like not none, they ain't getting paid. Let me put it like that. Right. It's, it's right. volunteer shit. Right. And so that stems like did they lose their other job? And yeah. know, looking at looking at like yeah, and looking like looking at a, as you just mentioned, they're not getting paid. And looking at you know something like Black Panthers where. You know, they were getting all of, they were living off of the pamp, like they were living off yeah. of their own organization, getting donations. Yeah, you no, know nah, it's saying? nothing like that. <laughs> it ain't shit no, but, like but that. it is, it is in a recession, it is, because they don't, they all, not all of them have jobs, bro. No, I'm saying like, it, I mean, just, yeah, just, but just from the outside looking in, it mm-hmm. looks like they're really struggling to survive financially. You know, by only offering, like only asking for donations, they're not asking for help, help. You know, they're asking for mm-hmm. financial contributions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's just what I've experienced trying to get involved in DC. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're only asking for donations. Uh, I mean, are, is the is the chapter in DC incorporated or not? It's an official chapter. But it, like I mean, like this, are they like a nonprofit or not? I don't know, but I, I do. I think they like they. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah. Okay. Like, Cause I was I was yeah. gonna say they could um look it up. Yeah, true. And they probably do get donations for some people, but like they they are openly revolution like revolutionaries. Like they're not trying to deal with the mayor's uh, reform or. Or a little, little like when they when they painted the fucking the street with the Black Lives Matter, they mm-hmm. were against that. They were like, "What the yeah. fuck is this?" Yeah, that makes sense. So, they, like, yeah, so like, and that's another example of how this whole movement is getting twisted by performative activism. Like, and, and it seems kind of intentional sometimes. Like, oh, we're gonna shut y'all up by making the public think that we're doing y'all a favor. Oh yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's always intentional. <laughs> it's never <an> accident. <laughs> Is that uh, is that uh, always intentional? Right, plenty of that. Well, there's there's a lot on this one, so uh, let's let, let's move on. We don't want to uh, use up all our time mm-hmm. here. Um, <laughs> Good topic. So you also put in your black politics. Tennessee Republican senators voting to keep slavery in the state constitution. What's going on there? Damn. Yo, so these <laughs> stupid. <laughs> These stupid <laughs> folks, yeah. So apparently, um, so apparently, like the state, the state constitution for Tennessee has circumstances under which it allows slavery. The state constitution of Tennessee. Now, while the federal shit supersedes all of that, the Democrats in Tennessee was like, "Let's just get rid of this shit. It doesn't make sense for it to be on our constitution, right?" And the Republican senators said no, and they voted on it. And the Republican senator, the Republican senators, uh, state senators, beat them, and that shit will not be changed. Uh, what's today's day? It's the. Oh wait, wait, pause, pause. Let me. Um. Okay, no, I think I'm. I think I'm wrong. Is this? I hope you are, bro. 
18th. When was the 18th? That was yeah. three days ago. So yeah, nah, nah, no, okay, no, they they still have to go. They still have to do the official vote on Tuesday. I guess they did their like discussion meeting, but I literally saw a video where they went and made their vote. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if this if this shit is behind or not. This is like WMC News. Yeah. They might be behind, but basically, one of the guys was like one of the senators, and the reason this shit is fucking crazy. One of the senators, can't, the state senators, came up here like. Um, hey y'all, so I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really know what this constitution says. And I know my constituents, they don't really know how to read this constitution. But I do know that we don't want to go through making all these changes and making this constitution any more complicated. So I'm gonna vote no. That's what the fuck that's what the fuck he said. And then, oh, I just like, and then another senator was like, um, I think it's crazy that you would say that our constitution allows racism. I mean, allows slavery. I mean, I think that's a moot point if the vote is over removing it from. Yeah. So, um, look, Black Politic, you probably didn't know this about me, but I am actually a polyglot. And one of the languages I speak is Tennessee State Republican Senator. I know, right? Awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to just go ahead and translate that for you. So um, what he really said there was, I'm racist. My constituents are racist. And we're going to continue to support racism. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, that, that, I think that's how I heard <laughs> it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to flex my um, well, like, my foreign language skills there real quick, but uh, yeah. I'm just not. I'm not it's like we're literally in 2021. Every time slavery is brought up, these same folks will say it was all these years ago, and I'm like, y'all still have it in your constitution, and don't and currently don't want to change it. I mean, you know what? It, it's, it's interesting because this is this is this is a new this is a new excuse here because normally they go, "Oh, uh heritage, heritage. You can't erase our heritage. Heritage, American history. We can't erase that." So now they're just going, "Ah, eh, too lazy to change it." It's just, it's too complicated. Who wants to read all those words? <laughs> Y'all know that the KKK was founded in Tennessee, right? I believe it. See, that's yeah. why that's why I don't be out there. I don't be in them red places. It's awesome. Y'all gonna go to TGP? Fuck no. I'm going on Tennessee Greek picnic. I'm gonna die before I make it to the picnic. <laughs> die on my way to the picnic. Yeah, nah. <laughs> but uh, nah, that's that's uh, that's that's to be expected. Honestly, I'm not I'm not surprised. I, I have no fucking words. I have no. That's just that like when when I when I first heard you mention this, I automatically thought of the statues of the you know Confederates and how you know some people fought to keep them. Um and it's just like like why? Like why do y'all like it's like they're trying to hold on to that history as if it means something to them. Like, mm-hmm. like I hope my grandfather was in the Confederate 
you know, the Confederacy and, you know, we, we got to, that's the only way I remember him is by, you know, reading that in the Constitution. Y'all can't do that to me. Yeah. Um, Sweetie and Cuevo. Why do I keep saying it like that? Cuevo. <laughs> Sweetie. <laughs> Sweetie. Because <laughs> you've been drinking that whole like, Cuevo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sweet, Sweetie and Quavo have officially broken up. It was obviously uh, Sweetie's fault um, because Quavo would never cheat. Black men don't cheat. Um, and yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, it appears they had some issues going on and the issue might have been Quavo. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I thought, um, I, I believe they was really on their yeah, shit. Yeah. I, 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 you I, can't I never believe any I believe, of this bullshit. I, believe I, believe I mean, believe you can't, but like, politics. I didn't give a fuck enough. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you saw it on I didn't give a fuck media. enough to doubt it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I didn't, like, it's like, I don't, I don't really give a fuck about nobody's celebrity relationship like that. Right. Like, you say, you tell me you good. Unless right. I see you out here with bruise marks in your face or some shit, I'm like, you good. <laughs> mm. I'm not, I'm not going to take it as nothing else. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think it yeah, is interesting. I mean, that's, that's crazy. You know, you see those people, the people overreact, they go, oh my God, if Quavo and Sweetie can't make it, oh, there's no hope for love. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you a little goofy. That's, that's, that, was, that was your benchmark. They was a little goofy. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny was when, when Quavo got with Saweetie, I definitely thought Quavo like 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 white girls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? He might have cheated. He might have. Oh my god, if he cheated on her with a white girl, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. One thing one thing I don't like about this though, and it's just my you know, my prerogative is uh making it well known, making it making it global that y'all broken up. Like Releasing something on Twitter or something, making a tweet. I mean, they celebrities about, though. That's yeah, but it was just fucking extra, bro. Like, 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 like. This is what it, this is what he said. So Quavo said, "I had love for you <laughs> and disappointed you did all that. You are not the woman <laughs> I thought you were. I oh, wish you nothing but the best, bro, that's Like, it. it's not, it's not no, I'm single. It's not no, I'm single tweet. It's you did all this shit, and I'm gonna let everybody know about it. And, and yeah, and fuck you." That is, it, it's so funny because I read that too. I, I didn't know that. I, I read that too. And I was like, "This is such a toxic nigga tweet." Like, <laughs> this is this is a Back toxic in, tweet. Bro. Where I was like, "Oh my god, this nigga!" He, he went and read the book for toxicity and was like, "All right, time to type out the tweet <laughs> I need to get my girl back and to get sympathy for myself <laughs> in this situation." It's almost, <laughs> and it's the. No, it's really going to respond to you and tell us to take care. Nah. <laughs> if people are associating Quavo with who? With Future now. I mean, it sounded like mean, he's on the Future was, level mm-hmm. toxic. That was, that was that, that, that sounded was, like a like, that sounded like mean. something that Future yeah, would like verbatim. I had so much. <laughs> But, uh, I had love for you, and you disappointed, and disappointed you did all that. It's like, awesome. Yeah, I cheated with you. Have to tell nobody. Like, damn, we can put it out there for right, right, our right. business. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
I bet you he thought that, you know, since since uh, Offset could get away with that shit. Nah, bro, you, should, you haven't the, seen uh, all the memes, bro. You, they got the little the Draymond and, and KD <laughs> meme. <laughs> I tell him. It's like, <laughs> Offset, tell him quick about how to get Sweetie Damn. back. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, it's Damn. hilarious. There's so many memes. Oh, man. We're in That's a pandemic, crazy. so you know you can't I just thought, interrupt the, the TV I show. Cardi and uh, Sweetie was supposed to be having a song because people thought they was beefing. For the longest, people thought they was like slick beefing. They look like each other. Oh, probably, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say, like, they had basically said, you know, they was, they was working on some shit together to like squash the whole like they smoking that good But I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if that shit ever gonna come out now that like she ain't fucking with Quavo no more. This picture looked like like she she looks smack like her. Bro, you you smoking good ganja, nah. bro. You do not look like you <laughs> and, and fucking nah, party don't look nothing uh-huh. like. You need some I'm new glasses, bro. That, but uh honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they still came out with the song. Um just because Sweetie seems like the type to cash in on some shit. Um while she still can. Mm. Not to say that she's like, you know, yeah, why she still can't? Yeah, not to say that she's like a gold digger type or nothing like that, but like she'd see this as an opportunity to be like, well, I'm not with the man no more, but I can still make, you know, a couple of dollars. This, you know, sensationalism that we've gotten from breaking up is going to make my song when it comes out more hot. So I can see that happening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the Black House podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll tune in for the next one. Until then, we bid you adieu.